Hi there, everybody. My name is Sophie Aldred, and I played Ace in Doctor Who. And you are listening to Podcastica. Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com, episode 185, Ghost Light. My name is John, and joining me every time we find a guy who is glowing and is also a certified psychopath is my good friend taylor taylor hello hello how's it going john it is going pretty well over here at the at the pincroft loft you know just um got my iced coffee nice just turned on my pineapple oh excellent it is glowing Several different colors. Uh, what else is going on? I uh, My unemployment went up a lot, so that's good. That's helping us out over here. Awesome. I, I got some ma- masks to cover my face when I go out. Uh, yeah, yes, and you've got some coming in the mail. And I have some more coming. I'm very excited to put those together. And, good. I mean, things are going as good as they can go, I guess. All right. That's that's. All you can ask for these days, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, how are you, sir? Doing pretty all right. Uh, you know, I <sighs> work work is is still there. It's still a thing. Yes. Uh, it sounds like there's going to be more coming as, you know, a, a group has gotten folded into one that I already support. And they're like, well, we have some really long data sheets. And I'm like, well, how long is long? <laughs> eh, 250 pages and i just about spat all over my computer um when i heard that because that's really long oh boy oh boy indeed <laughs> but you know what it's it's job security yep absolutely. so i'm not going to complain about that but we are also very much in the mask making uh business mm. right now not only do we have our like high grade 3d printed like only for extreme emergency ones but um, I started making some cloth ones cause I've got some leftover fabric. Oh, nice. Uh, from other things. So I've, yeah, it's either kind of like automotive Hawaiian print or doctor who ones. Um, mm. but, uh, um, I'm actually entertained because Kobe is out in the, uh, dining room right now using my sewing machine to, um, make even more masks. I'm just doing like the straight rectangle ones. Um, he is taking a crack at the more, uh, contoured ones, the ones that kind of have more of a, a peak over the nose. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things, you know, you, you go out and since masks are a requirement now, yes. um, you know, you, you just go through them faster. Uh, if you've, especially if you've got cloth ones, so we need to, with as many people as we have in the house, you know, depending uh, we just feel like we need to have a pretty good stockpile of them so that we're not suddenly like, oh, we only have three left. Crap, yeah. we better wash them all. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. So, <clears throat> yeah, the sewing machine has been 
been uh, running full tilt for a couple of days now. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all good. And yeah. we're all happy hunky dory and doing our thing. Wonderful. So, like we said, we watched Ghost Light this week. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about what's making us happy this week. So what's making you happy this week, Taylor? You know, it's funny. I've, I've been thinking about it. And obviously, I mean, it's not just one big thing for me this week. It's it's like a bunch of like little things. But I, I'm going to lump it all under people just doing nice things for each other. Um, we've got kind of like a little bit of an email list here in the neighborhood. Um and so every now and then somebody's like, hey, we've got a total surplus of like lemons. Who wants some lemons? Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, stuff like that. So um, case in point, we got some lemons. Um, <laughs> we're, we're probably going to make up some some treats and stuff and, you know, uh, share those out and stuff like that. So it's it's nice. It, it's a really kind of a, a good feeling, you know, living in a neighborhood where, where we're really looking out for each other. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, and then the only other example I've got of that is, um, I don't remember if I mentioned on here, but I, I put an old CB radio in the bus. Um, there's something about a crisis that makes me like, <laughs> I need radios. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, whatever. Right. Um, but, but there's a, a, a guy who had, uh, seen a post in a, a CB radio Facebook group, um, because I had some questions. It's an old radio. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I work on these on the side. You know, this this old type of radio, it, it has this, that, and the other thing. Um, and he does repairs and, and refurbishes them and stuff. And I totally could just pull it out, get it in a box, send it to him. And for, for not a whole lot, he'd go through it. Um, but instead of making a like a fuss about that, because I started, was like, well, let me see what I can learn. So I wanted to kind of like take a crack at it he's been just really awesome about just like answering all my questions and making suggestions. Oh yeah, you could do this. And I'm taking pictures of this whole circuit board in there. And he's like, Oh, well, yeah, this has already been modified and turned up and this has been powered up. And you know, he's like, Oh yeah, you just need to do this and this rather than being like, you know what, you, you should probably just close that up and send it to me, you know? And it's just, it's just a nice thing to do. Yeah. That's great. You know? So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very appreciative of that. I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, maybe I should just like hop on PayPal and like, you know, check them a 20 to say thanks or something. Yeah. Was, why not? It's really, yeah, it was a really nice thing. That's great. What about you, man? What is making you happy? So this week I am very podcast heavy. I'm very excited. Uh, you and I to tomorrow, which would be today for people listening to this, we are recording our episode of what do you want to talk about? Yeah. I'm very excited about that. And then in the morning, I'm actually recording another episode of What Do You Want to Talk About with my my friend Justin Kizon, who lives down here. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, we're recording Podcastica right now. And mm -hmm. also releasing tomorrow is the, the very first episode of The Pincroft Pod, which is myself and Lauren's podcast. Yeah. And we're going to talk about baseball movies for the first season of the podcast. And we're talking about a league of their own. So I'm excited for the world to hear that. And then I recorded nice. Tornado Tag Radio yesterday and released that. So it's just a lot of podcasting going on. And it's uh, it's fun. I have a good, good time. Good. That's what matters. Yeah. So that's what's going on over here. I wish uh, my and I do, you know, I do my Sunday stream for wrestling and I do a lot of that mm -hmm. stuff. Yep. Uh, we just released 
one of the interviews we did from, I, I want to say a month, month and a half ago at the wrestling convention I went to, I think I might've mentioned it on here. I remember the convention. Yeah. You had talked about an interview you'd done there. Yeah. So they're all, um, they're coming out slowly, but one of them was just released today and it was just nice to see that. Cause you know, just, it's just nice to see your work out mm-hmm. there and people like commenting on it and all that stuff. So, and it was fun and it's, it's actually like really good quality. I guess I didn't really think I knew it would be like in, you know, HD, but I went, Oh, this is like, wow, this is looks really good. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, just, uh, the content I am putting out, I am is ple- pleases me. <laughs> it pleases me. So let's get into the who news. And if you could do me a favor, we have four, I- we have four items. Yes. Could you read item uh go over item one and four first? Because I um I mentioned something to you and I'm gonna put it out into the world and see if it happens. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Um well first and foremost, I think we should take a moment and say happy birthday to Peter Davison. Yes, happy birthday. Today is his birthday. Oh. Oddly enough, tomorrow is the birthday of Peter Capaldi. Oh, which is which is why they're doing the oh, rewatch they're doing tomorrow, but we'll talk about that in a moment. Yes, um, but in I guess now the tradition of these uh, lockdown who episodes that they're doing um, in a new short, uh, Arthur Darvel in his persona of Rory has dictated his biography. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I again, it's find me. I, I need like an extra day in the week just to catch up. Yeah, I know. With all this stuff that everybody is producing, it's it's crazy. Um, we will have links to all of this stuff in the show notes, so feel free to go there and check that out. Um, but tomorrow, yes, they there is a, a rewatch and live tweet of Heaven Sent, um, and we are getting a special video message from Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Before that happens on his birthday, no less. So th- these are great, and we've been doing stuff like this for you know ever since the lockdown. I think they're are they calling the it's like Doctor Who lockdown? Is that what they're calling like the series? I, I, I thought they were calling it Lockdown Who, but I ah. could be wrong. So I was walking around. Well, we were walking hashtag Henson the little pup a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. and I think it's when I saw the the Rory thing. And I, I said, wouldn't it be cool if we got a 10 doctor story with all the living doctors and it was like they were all in their TARDISes just bantering with one another? Mm-hmm. I think that would be so fun. I don't know who that, would write it. I don't know how they would do it, but I think it would just be like the coolest thing. I know it's not like an anniversary or anything like that, but I think that would get the fandom very excited. That would be very cool, and that could be just easily done with a Zoom meeting where everyone has their own TARDIS interior background. Yes. I, I mean, I, I, there would be, have to be a lot involved to do it, but I think it would just be so fun to get oh, all would, of them, because you know most of them probably have some sort of memorabilia from that, and they could wear it, and it would just be fun. I think it would be cool. That would be really cool. I, I, I think you need to kind of like... Uh, I don't know, Twitter boost that intention out there. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think we should tweet that out from the podcast. I don't even know what uh, the 10 doctors. I don't know. I yeah. think it would just be fun. I think it'd be a fun little yeah. thing. And yeah, 
I, th- I think I think there could be some some uh, 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 choice uh, handles to tag in that, especially this this Emily Cook gal who's kind of started the whole who lockdown. Yeah, thing. I think that could get some swing going. All right, let's do it. Hashtag yeah. the ten doctors. That's right. <laughs> well, moving on from that because we could spend a lot of time. Yes. Talking about that and just plotting it out ourselves. Um, Big Finish's latest Torchwood release, which I have to admit I listened to today, and it is fantastic. Oh, um, it it is such a great. It's 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 a really good story. It's a neat twist. Um, it's a relaxation tape voiced by none other than Monty Python's Michael Palin. <laughs> <clears throat> You know, I do remember hearing about this. I remember listening mm-hmm. to the teaser to this. It it really like I it, I don't even know how I would describe it. Um, but listening to like the little like behind the scenes thing afterwards, the 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 idea started with um, what if you had like basically a haunted audio cassette, mm-hmm. right? That was the that was the initial uh, uh, germination of this uh idea um and then it became a haunted relaxation audio tape um and it's not even so much really a haunting but i'm not going to spoil it it's totally worth uh the purchase and the download and if nothing else you get to listen to michael palin for almost 75 minutes and it's just him no one else is involved it it is just him that's amazing It, it is so good um and and he's familiar with doctor who he's familiar with torchwood great um yeah yeah so i i highly recommend it um and speaking of big finish their lock download hashtag lock download for this week is a first doctor story oddly enough written by mark platt who yes. also wrote Ghostlight. yes i thought that was very interesting i went oh what a what a nice little tie-in and i i actually on my own, without seeing this, I went, oh, it's a new week. I got to go to Big Finish and get my mm-hmm. free uh, free story. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've, I've got that downloaded, ready to uh, listen to, and we'll get to at some point. I've never had so many Big Finish titles I know. downloaded on my phone at any one time. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I know, usually... I know Mike's is somewhere going, oh, wow, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah, Four <right>. audios. <laughs> Well, or like seven, I don't know. But he, he's, yeah. his phone, is that's all it is, I assume. Probably. Mike, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Mike on here again. We I, do. That was something I was going to bring up. If anybody out there, you know, wants to watch one of our upcoming episodes, and by upcoming, we're going to just announce it <laughs> at the end of this, and wants to be on, just let us know. Yeah, please. I mean, if you need a break from all this madness and you just want to like kick back and chat Dr. Who with a couple of friends for an evening. Let's do it. Yes. Let us absolutely do it. That would be so fun. So this week we watched ghost light starring Sylvester McCoy as the doctor, Sophie Aldred as ace friend of the show, by yes. the way, uh, Ian Hogg as Josiah. Hey, he did it. Carl, uh, Forgione as Nimrod. Hey, Hey, uh, Sharon Deuce as Control and John Hallam as Light. Oh boy! Uh, written by Mark Platt and directed by Alan Waring, and it first aired October fourth through or two. I did it again. That's the second week yeah, in a row. I've I just know. been like, they just showed fourteen days of Doctor Who. First aired October fourth through 
Oh my god, I did it again. Oh, yeah. just, I'm so sorry. Just, just run with it. It's okay. First aired on October 4th to the 18th, 1989. And it yeah. is the second story of season 26. And this is around earthquake time for us, huh? Uh, yeah, this this would have been the, like the very last part of Ghost Light would have aired the day after the 89 quake. Wow, look at that. In the UK, we wouldn't have seen it in California for quite a few months after that. <laughs> right, absolutely. At best. At best. So, Taylor, uh, as always, we have a, a slew of story notes brought to us by the fine folks over at TARDIS Wikia. So take it away. Yeah, well, this story had working titles of The Bestiary and Life Cycle. Mm. Uh, Mark Platt also briefingly, uh, uh, briefingly, briefly, jokingly referred to this story as not The Bestiary when John Nathan Turner, disliking the title, asked him to change it. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, I don't like that title. I'm a, okay, well, how about Not The Bestiary? Wow, all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ghost Light was actually the last story of the original series to ever be produced. Oh. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, not the last one aired, but the last one produced. The last recorded scene uh, was the final scene between Mrs. Pritchard and Gwendolyn, where, before the eyes of a horrified Nimrod, light turns them into stone so they will never change again. Wow, that was the final <laughs> filmed scene. That was the final film scene of Classic Who. Wow. Yeah. Forever being preserved in stone, much like. Oh, yeah. Well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doctor Who can never change again, but will it? <laughs> but will it? And it did. Oh, yes. Many times. It did. Uh, yes. Um, so the doctor asks, who was it that said Earthmen never invite their ancestors round to dinner? Which... Wink, wink, is a reference to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. um, although Ghost Light, I think you and I would both agree Ghost Light would no doubt have greatly benefited from an extended BBC video release, uh, as was done with The Curse of Fenric in 91. They added some footage back into it. Such a project was unfortunately made impossible by the master 625-line PAL color videotapes containing the extra recorded footage uh, because they were erased for release reuse excuse me shortly after the story was broadcast oh that sounds par for the course pretty much oh goodness pretty much because i i'll be honest i feel like ghost light should have been a four-part a four-part story well i mean let's get to this last story note <laughs> yeah speaking of which Speaking of which, the story evolved out of an earlier rejected script entitled <clears throat> Lung Barrow. Ugh. It was to be set on Gallifrey in the Doctor's ancestral home and deal with the Doctor's past, but uh, John Nathan Turner felt it revealed too much of the Doctor's origins. It was reworked to make evolution and the idea of an ancient house central to the story. Mark Platt, of course, used elements of original idea for his Virgin New Adventure novel, Lung Barrow. And after John finished reading that tidbit, he got very disappointed. <laughs> uh, yep. That's, I was very, that's very annoying. secretly hoping that you wouldn't see the story note ahead of time and that I could surprise you with it well, right here, right yeah. now. That, that would that would have been fun. Usually, okay, so just for uh, behind the scenes for the folks listening, we share a document where we input our notes and all that good stuff, and I never read the the story notes. I never read them. I just go past them because, you know, 
it's it's a fun little reactionary thing. But I was looking at, I believe it was actually, it was the the Wikipedia page. Like I was the just regular Wikipedia the regular page. Wikipedia one, and I was gotcha. just like ho hum, looking around like, and I I read it on there, and I went, oh come on! I was like, are you ser-? like I was just reading pre production stuff, and I didn't really expect anything from it. Yeah, and uh, yep, there it was. <laughs> Such a bummer. That bummed me out. I think, honestly, if I had not read that, I probably, like, I mean, we'll get to overall, we'll get to overall feelings in a second here, but we have Taylor's world-famous synopsis, so take it away. Yeah, I'm I'm almost a little worried that this this might be peak synopsis. This came oh. out so naturally. I don't know that I'll ever be able to repeat it, so strap right. in, folks. The Doctor and Ace find themselves at Gabriel Chase. A scary place from the past, well, future, belonging to Ace. Hiding from light, the weirdos only come out at night and plot to hunt the queen as if it were their right. The doctor's solution is to force an evolution and amongst the cast of characters spark a revolution. You can follow us on Twitter and that's the end of the episode, folks. I don't think it's going to get any better than that. Oh, wow. Goodness. I kid you not, that literally just rolled out of me this afternoon, and I was like, um, first I'm draft. Never gonna be able to, yeah, I'll never be able to pull this off again. Love it. That's great. Mark it down, <laughs> people. You. Episode 185, Perfection was accomplished. <laughs> it's reached its final evolution. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's final form. It's final form. All right, Taylor, let's talk about overall feelings. I think we might have the. Uh, maybe the same thing i didn't really uh my only note is now that i know know this could have been lung barrow man i am bummed (laughs) but but let's be honest i think the 1989 three-part story of lung barrow would not have done the actual idea of lung barrow a bit of justice i agree i agree but i i think even if they had tried a little bit i think i would have been fine with it but also we wouldn't have gotten like this bonkers back half of this uh this story because like i'll i'll I'll, you know the first half of it i'm like okay we're world building we're doing all that stuff the second half of this story is completely insane and uh i absolutely love it it really is it's a it's far more bonkers than i recall watching this you know back in the day um, it's an incredibly ambitious story. Like, could you, I mean, like, I don't mean, where to start with it, but it does, I feel like it suffers a little bit in terms of clarity. Like, mm. I literally had to look up and I had to look up and go, okay, what exactly was Light trying to do here? What's the relationship between him and Control? why is everybody kind of like tweaked out and talking about going to Java? I literally had to go look up just to kind of like get the play by play of like, Oh, okay. Gotcha. Now let's go back to it. Yeah. Um, And personally, I I think if this story could have got a fourth part where things could have been fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah. You know um, what? I I agree. Just kind of like coming at you so fast, you're a little lost as to what is going on. Um, I think it could have been an even better story. Yeah, I think there's like some elements like we we start off the story with uh, Mrs. Gross just kind of piecing out with yeah. her. And it's like, who is this character? And then she comes back. I don't even think we see her again till episode halfway through episode two. 
Yeah, because that's that's literally only been the next morning. Yeah, and uh, and I'm like, oh, she's back, and it turns out, you know, she won't stay when the house when it becomes, you know, like six p.m. She's out. Yep, because the she's crazies come out. Punch my clock. Um, yeah, they have they have the day help and they have the night help. Yes, and the night help uh, is armed and dangerous. <laughs> that's they sure. all have revolvers. They do. It's so strange. This this whole thing is very strange, but like just from what I know about the background of Lungbaro, it kind of makes sense that elements were taken from it. Mm-hmm. Like we're in it, we're in a uh, Victorian era house. Yes. yes, yes, we are. Which is um, it's very dark. There are lots of um, green throughout the entire house. Mm-hmm. It's like green and white, and there are lots of uh, I called them taxidermy. Which I assume yeah, they yeah, are. that's what it is. Yeah, you're right. Um, all throughout the house, there's just like everything is taxidermy. There are also uh, what is the other stuff? There are paintings of animals on the walls. Just a lot of and you know we we first come across um, Redvers. Yes. Who you're like? Oh, this is his house because he he appears to be a big. Well, he is a big game hunter. There's lots of taxidermy going around. I get it. This is his house, but. For whatever reason, I couldn't remember his name at first. So in my notes, he's Victorian Joe Exotic. <laughs> Carol Bass with his big, with his big crazy hair. Well, we we did it. Uh, not only have we we've gotten the perfect synopsis, we also made a Tiger King reference in this episode. So I think it's a wash now. <laughs> no. And that's and that's me not having seen a single episode. Oh my goodness, it's uh, it's bonkers. I'll just uh, like it's if you thought this was bonkers, that this that might be equally as bonkers. I've I've heard so many people talk about it at this point. I feel like I have seen the whole thing. You Amber probably tried, have. Wa- Amber tried watching the first bit. Uh, I think last Monday while we were recording, uh-huh. and she was like, "Yeah, I got through like half an episode," and I was like, "I'm just not feeling this." I don't even think I. Wa- I think I'm came in on episode three because lauren was watching it and i just came in and i went i'll watch this and i got the gist of it because you know last podcast talked about it but anyway this might be a topic for what do you want to talk about tomorrow we'll see where it takes us so ace and the doctor they they land in this house and i have some questions that maybe you could you have the answers to i'll try what is this lightsaberish thing that the doctor pulls out of his pocket in in part one? He pulls like an antenna out of the top of it. Um, I think it is. I think it's. I mean, it's it's MacGuffin, really. I think he's he's just trying to locate. Mm, okay. Same with the signal. radioactive detector. Yeah. Yeah. We I, and I I I also have. Is this the most non sonic devices we've ever seen in one episode? It actually it might. It's so be, weird. Yeah. If anyone, because I know where, you know, we kind of, we, you know, take us where, or the TARDIS takes us where we need to go. The podcast takes us where we need to go. Uh, not, it's not sure. necessarily an order. So if anybody knows what this lightsaberish thingy is, I mean, they told us what the radioactive detector was, but, mm-hmm. which is great. It, I love that it doubles as a gun. <laughs> yes. I, yeah. And, okay. I, and of course, I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Oh, see, see, the doctor uses a gun when is convenient." Oh, whoops! It's not a gun. It's not a gun. Yeah, <laughs> not a gun. Um, and we can tell right away there's something up with this house because of the. Uh... Wait, does that ever pay off? The glowing what? emu eyes that never pays off. It just happens, right? No, it's it's. See again, 
had we had a fourth episode, I think they could have fleshed this out a little bit more. And and again, talking Lung Barrow, we have this house that is kind of alive. Yes. Because light is kind of influencing it. So so I think these glowing eyes that we get in the taxidermy and stuff, that's light uh, literally like watching around the house. Interesting. It's his security camera system. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there like like you said, I think this could have this was like a mad dash. It almost it almost feels like they mm-hmm. we have till Thursday to finish this. Let's do it. Pretty much. So, I mean, Redvers is here. He's a hunter. He is I love Let's just talk about how Ace is dressed and everyone is just freaking out about it. <laughs> yes. Every person is like, "Oh my god, what is happening? I'm going to be sick." I'm not because hashtag Swoon City. I know if this was, uh, I do have a, no, I don't have the sound clip. We should have a Swoon City. How do we not have a Swoon City clip? Like just some, I, I don't know. Just some nice, like sparkly music. I don't know. <laughs> God. The sound of a rainbow. Like a I don't know. <laughs> a meadow, a babbling brook. Okay. I don't know. Um. So yeah, Redverse is very insane. Oh, yeah. um, and he is taken away quite quickly by the the I'm just going to call them maids because I believe that's what they are. Yes. The 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 armed maids that they, they take <laughs> him away and they put him in a straitjacket in this room. And and I, yeah. w- I would also like to note that everything is very dark. It is. This is this whole story for a good chunk of it is actually very darkly lit, which makes sense because, you know. That's that's how it that's how it's supposed to go. It's like it's it's poorly lit, but nicely lit, so we can kind of see stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to get that. It's, yes. Oh yes, absolutely. Um. So yeah, I really wish this this had a fourth part. Just feels like we hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um. We're introduced to uh Josiah, and let me tell you, there are two amazing entrances by characters in this. In this serial, one is by the light and the other is by Josiah. Yes. Where he just comes in and he goes light and the light like dims and he's wearing sunglasses indoors and at night and always. He really, Josiah looks like he belongs in, I don't know, like a prog rock band. Just his whole look with the sunglasses and everything. He almost looks like he should be in uh, what we do in the shadows. Uh, You know what? Yes. I have I have seen bits of that show and I would totally agree. Which is an amazing show. Yes. Yeah, I, it's one of those things that's on the list of my copious free time now that you know I'm stuck at home. And, yes. So yeah. No, I still have to work and everything. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, yeah. He he is quite the character. He he is the the head of this household, but it, it's kind of just like we kind of just take that as fact. Mm-hmm. And there's also a reverend who is here yes. and the doctor is, you know, once again, they're like, Oh, the doctor's here, but not like, you know, the doctor, they think he's someone they have sent for. Right. And the Reverend is, is very just, he mistakens the doctor for someone else and is just, oh, very... I think he mistaken the doctor for Josiah at first. Oh, that's right. He does. Oh, you answered my, le- yeah. Yeah. Reverend, Reverend massive mutton chops. Oh my goodness! Which get they get more massive towards towards the uh, the end of his yes. life, basically. Yes. There's a lot of like quote unquote magical things happening. Very much so. But it, it, I guess it would just be alien technology. 
Let's any, talk about any technology sufficiently advanced enough will appear to be magic. Very true. Um, I let's talk about Nimrod because yes. the the poorly named Nimrod. How dare they? <laughs> well, I just thought it was a Green Day tribute. I thought it was too. What a great album Nimrod is! It has like fifty songs on it. Um, anyway, <laughs> but no, it suddenly came out way after this story. So yes, absolutely. Um, so Nimrod is apparently a Neanderthal. Yes. And he is just really into bear teeth. Um, That's true. Like the doctor gives him one. I liked Nimrod. He he was just like doing his job. Yeah. No. No. I I like Nimrod too. And and um, the actor who plays him plays him really well. Just yes. just the way he carries his body and everything, um, and yet still has this this kind of refined victorianism to it and the, and that that whole you know victorian veneer but there's all this nasty stuff underneath is such i mean it's a trope that is really just played to the nines yes. in this entire story it's like the embodiment of that trope i do also like that you know when you think neanderthal you're like oh he's just gonna punch everything he's gonna you know <laughs> he's gonna dug right. in his way through this story and he doesn't, and he he's just like a very kind soul who is just trying to do the best. Does he come? He does not come out of this, does he? He does. Oh, he does. That's right. Oh, great. Oh, that makes he me does. Happy. In fact, in fact, when when we come down to the fate of a few of our characters and the ship underneath the house, I I have an idea that I really want to pitch to Big Finish. Ooh. Oh, that's right. The the ending is just like. Well, Ace, everything is smoking. Let's leave. <laughs> and they just leave, kind of. But what about the ship? Oh, it's gone already. It's gone. Left of the speed thought. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, Nimrod, probably one of my favorite characters until we get to the light, which we will talk about. So oh, there's there's some alien tech here. Uh, I really like the look of the control that control room. It had, like, mm-hmm. a, a weird honeycomb esque thing on the wall and, and a dungeon in it <laughs> yeah which i thought was very funny um a dungeon that had that contained i didn't actually realize two people or two entities right or no the light yeah. was in the honeycomb thing no yeah the light, light was in the honeycomb thing um because i don't know honeycomb is tasty sure the cereal is um and and these two kind of almost insectoid creatures the husks. Uh, look like rejects yeah the husks look like rejects from the ark of infinity that's what it was <laughs> i couldn't think of the story i'm like yep. that guy looks like they oh i found it but it's covered in gray paint now yeah i i really i saw those and i'm like wait are these the same ones that were used in that story because it sure looked like it it looked exactly like it yeah so the husks, yeah, we're at the yeah. end of part one, which I, I feel like I said that that was a pretty good pretty good ending to part one, where we go to oh <laughs> we get we're in the control room, Ace is there, and these giant like I called them dinosaur bug things because I didn't know what they were. <laughs> they turn out to be husks of um Josias's past. Prior like they're yeah. pri- his prior selves. So he, yeah, he, I, I assume he jumps from body to body, but the, his older bodies become 
these husk things and they're still animated, they're still alive. Well, let's 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 look at it this way. Light can still control them. Ah. So when you when you look at this entire story with the knowledge that light is attempting to control just about everyone in this house. Yes. It kind of goes, "Oh, that that makes sense. That does this make sense. This isn't stiff acting. This is they're being controlled. Mm, okay, uh, or something like that. Uh, but let's let's not leave part one without recognizing the fact that that the 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 inhabitants of the house finally convince Ace to put on something decent. Yes, but she puts and her spin she, on it. She puts a spin on. God love her. God love her. She puts <laughs> her spin on it. She's like, all right. I'm going to wear a tux. Yes. Not only that, but I'm going to get, I'm going to get Gwendolyn here to wear one as well. Yes. And, well, and we're going to just, you know, gender bend our way out of the story. Absolutely. Um, which is a delight. Yes. I, I, I loved it. Uh, the Reverend. Oh, he wasn't killed. Why do I have, he was killed in part one. No, he wasn't. He was put in a sort of stasis. Oh, that's right. He was put in the stasis and then, yeah, we'll get to, his demise <laughs> later, which is just so ridiculous, but it kind of yeah, hilarious. And it makes sense. Um so Nimrod ends up saving Ace from the husks. Um and then things kind of get I mean, things things are kind of m- mucky already, just trying to figure out what's going on. But uh Well, yeah, not to mention the fact that um the doctor clearly kind of has a feeling of what's going on at least. Yeah. And is kind of letting Ace kind of figure stuff out on her own. And she is not happy about where they are and all of that. Yeah. So let's talk about that because this seems to be a part like I, I don't necessarily pick up on it all the time with the, um, with this, with the seventh doctor where we're trying to make him more mysterious. Mm-hmm. And I severely picked up, they hit you over the head with it on this one, for sure. Where he uh, basically remembers, I guess, in passing, because we get there and Ace is like, I don't like haunted houses. One was enough. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, was that something that I should remember? Or, and it turns out that he remembered that and brought her to the, to this house. We'll just talk about Ace's arc right now. Okay. Brings her to this house, which is a house she's familiar with because apparently in 1983, she burned it to the ground. Yes. Because she had a bad feeling when she broke into the house. Yeah, she had she had a she had a total bad vibe when she was in the house. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, burned it down because she was upset that a bunch of. Uh, what's the nicest way to put it? Racist Fs. There you go. Burned her friend's flat down. Yes. Um, and let's also recognize that she said she was 13. It's 1983. We can establish that Ace was born in 1970. Yes. For those of you keeping track at home. There you go. Um, yeah. So they're in Perryvale, which at this point is a village outside of London. Cause they're in what? 1883. I think. 1883. Yes. Wow. 1983. Wow. hundred years. Wow. What is this back to the future? <laughs> God, use some odd numbers, people. I know, Doesn't right? have to be a hundred. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. I have feelings about that. So we're in the control room. Nimrod has saved Ace. I do love that in the process of saving Ace, he says something to the effect of, as long as we have the lamp, we'll be fine. 
And then the lamp is promptly hit out of his hand. Yep, pretty much. Broken. It is it is the equivalent of Mel in the elevator last week. Yes, and I believe this is also around the time that Ace just goes, "Well, I'm going to smash it and just start smashing things." I think she smashes yeah. the honeycomb, and this is kind I, of where everything falls apart. Like we kind of this is where we get uh, Josiah's backstory, and we kind of figure out what's going on with him. A little bit, yeah. I think I think Ace and Nimrod were were tussling over like whatever Ace was going to use to smash stuff with, and yes. inadvertently smash the honeycomb. Yes, and I believe the Doctor finds her, and oh, and Josiah also finds her, and she's like, he says, Ace, are you okay? And Josiah says, all of my work could be ruined, and the Doctor goes, that's my girl. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, you were There's smashing great- things. Great. There's some great little bits like that in this whole story. Oh, yes, ab- absolutely. Um, so with the glowing hive thing is broken, um, and we I think we're, I'm a little confused because there is the light and there's the control, and the control has is basically Gollum. Let's just, <laughs> let's just say it. Basically, basically Gollum, and the light, is trapped in the honeycomb as we have established. The control is just in a room with a where you can only see uh, her eye, mm-hmm. and she crawls up the elevator shaft, right? Um, yes, 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 she does. I don't think that's until part three. Um, actually, I've got a paragraph from Tardis Wikia that kind of helps explain the whole like control Josiah Smith yes, relationship. Please. If you would like to hear this, I would love is to. this. Yeah, getting this um, dynamic pinned down was something I struggled with while watching it. So while Control remained imprisoned on the ship to serve as the control subject of the scientific investigation, because light is here to catalog all life on Earth, Uh events transpired such that Josiah Smith, the survey agent, mutinied against light, keeping him, meaning light, in hibernation on the ship. Smith then began evolving into the era's dominant life form, a Victorian gentleman. Oh. So you got to remember, Josiah Smith, we totally think he's human, mostly the whole way through. He's not. Yeah, he starts to, like, molt, and yeah, he leaves his his current host body. Husk. Yeah. Creates another so, husk. Yeah. Right. So he began evolving into the era's dominant life form and also took over the house. By 1883, Josiah Smith had lured and captured the explorer Redverse Van Cooper within his den. Utilizing Van Cooper's association with Queen Victoria, he plans to get close to her so he can assassinate her and take control of the entire British Empire to make it a better place. Yes. Not bonkers at all. No, not bonkers at all. No. (laughs) Oh, boy. So if you keep in mind that Josiah Smith, not human, part of this original... I don't know, survey team. Yes. Control obviously is, light obviously is. You can kind of fit everything that's going on together a little bit better. Right. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a lot, isn't it? Maids with guns. I feel Maids. like we haven't really... I, I, I feel like, well, the other the other thing is, is, is Miss, Mrs. Pritchard, is she... Because kind of what I got, oh, because she was under, Gwendolyn and Mrs. Pritchard were both under hypnosis. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Both basically under light's control 
um, George, I believe the husband's name was George Pritchard, um, has disappeared. He's probably Perhaps. the emu. He, yes, he's probably <laughs> the emu. Well, I mean, that's, I an, so. that's another element to this, because, I mean, we'll talk about the reverend in a minute, but he is, uh, I mean, well, we'll talk about it right now. He's basically turned into a monkey and is uh, put on display. Yep. So he he he, uh, he listens to some Devo and he de-evolves. Yes, absolutely, he does. And I just wonder, uh, does that mean that nothing in this house is actually? Are they all people that have tried to come and visit? Oh, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting thought. But I mean, if we're um, just de-evolving, I mean, they're not like, wow, this person de-evolved into a bird. That's weird, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that I. I love the idea of that. I think what's more likely is that like many Victorian manors, you know, here are taxidermied bits of other parts of the world. Um, just yes. as I, you know, Victorian eye candy, I guess. I guess. Um, but I like that thinking. Mm. I honestly think I could talk about the character of the light for another 40 minutes. Wow. This is... So everyone, you know, uh, we we get uh, Ace smashing everything. Yep. Uh, inadvertently releasing the light. We have control as well, but the introduction of the light is insane. Mm-hmm. He just walk us through. He just, uh, he, you know, quite literally bursts from light, comes through, comes through the elevator, and he. He's he's got this glow about him, which seems oddly familiar. He does. He he's been well rested. He just has this glow about him. But doesn't doesn't the effect they use kind of look like our modern day regeneration? You know, now that you mention it, it it's maybe not quite. It, it, if you were trying to do a modern day regeneration using only 80s technology yes that's now, probably kind of what it like i yeah i can kind of see that this is not me theorizing that he is in somehow a time lord this is just me saying no, doesn't no. it look like that right i gotcha and the guy who plays the light this guy is something else he <laughs> is a fantastic actor and uh john hallam yeah. So John Hallam does this thing with his because he does this thing with his voice where he has a high inflection when he's, you know, oh, I'm the light. Hello, everyone. It's so good mm-hmm. to see everyone. And then he'll drop it down when he becomes evil, which is yes. which is great. I love it. Uh, very cool stuff. There are times when light reminds me a little bit of Q from Star Trek The Next Generation played by John Delancey. OK. Out of this this immortal who is you know uh more powerful and more prescient than uh everyone else in the room yeah and i realize that that's not quite the case with light although he does kind of set himself above everyone else oh absolutely yes um, and he's convinced that there's no way this can be earth this this wasn't what earth looked like when i was you know locked up cataloging yes put to bed yeah, so I mean, 
the light basically from what I from what I gather, if we had a fourth part, probably a little better. Also, I could have used way more of the light being a complete psychopath. <laughs> which we will get to in a minute here. Yeah. Uh so he basically has been he catalogs everything that is on earth. Yes. And he feels that apparently when he was, you know, uh captured and contained, he had cataloged everything. And nothing it was right. perfect as was and nothing changed or nothing should have changed. Correct. Uh he hates change basically is is what we're He, he is literally the worst Doctor Who fan ever. Yes. Nothing should change. Yes, and he he turns his friends to stone so he doesn't have to talk to them anymore. Exactly. No, I don't know. Um but <laughs> he he is essentially a god. He can, you know, seemingly appear and reappear places. He can bend uh, everything to his will. He has at least some sort of psychic uh powers and abilities. And yeah, he he cataloged everything on Earth, and he gets out yeah. and he goes, "This doesn't make any sense at all." And man, that so there was one point in in this story, I believe Nimrod. He like he finds Nimrod and he goes, "Oh yes, you're a Neanderthal. I remember when I cataloged you." And I, did he say he stopped Nimrod specifically his evolution? I feel like he says something like that. Oh no, no, no. He says it should. That's when it should. Everything was perfect then. Right, yeah, I I think Nimrod was like one of the last things that Light cataloged. Right, because Nimrod remembers him, mm-hmm. he, but he called yep. they called him by a different name or something like that. I can't remember, but the Burning One, the Burning One, yes, yeah, yeah, like his people worshipped Light. Yes, and he, you know, he obviously, as Nimrod does, treats everyone very uh, kind mm-hmm. up until a point, basically. Yeah. Um. Man, there was so there's a scene where Nimrod goes to find the the light, and he's like, "Ho hum, well, I wonder where he is." And he goes into this room, and I, <laughs> I, when the light turned around, I went, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like out loud, because the light has um, he was you know strolling in the uh by the stairs in this estate, and he sees he sees like uh one of the maids. He takes control of her. Yes. And then Nimrod catches up with him later. He's like, hey, man, what are you? Oh, boy. What are you, what's happening here? The light turns around, and he has a full arm in in his hand. Yeah. And he goes, I wanted to see how it works, so I dismantled yeah. it. And I went, oh, boy, this is not great. Right? That is like, like we were talking about how last week was pretty dark with the, the dead body hanging halfway out of... The, the robot waste garbage can thing. Yeah. This is like, this takes it to like an it level, just holding it, a severed arm in your hand. No, I, I will agree with you there. And at the same time, I get a little stuck on the idea of this rather powerful being, like not cluing in on a simple concept like evolution. Yeah, it's very strange. Like, why wouldn't you, like, why wouldn't that make sense? He's like, all, he's, I don't know. He's almost on the same page as the Reverend. Yes. In a way. Yes. Like, this can't be a thing. Yeah, this evolution isn't real. And then the Reverend uh, ends up uh, becoming a monkey, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Maniacs, you did it. Yes. Ugh. I can't believe he just, like, <laughs> I can't believe they just, he turns around, he's holding the full arm. 
That is just crazy <laughs> to me. Yep. So everything kind of falls apart towards the end of this, mainly because the light is a complete, as I said, psychopath who's like, everything is wrong. I, I've decided Earth's future at one point, he says. I've decided it. And that's when he, because that's when he turns uh, Gwendolyn and uh, Mrs. Pritchard to stone yeah. right in front of Nimrod. And Nimrod's like, they didn't do anything to you. What are you doing? He's like pretty upset about it. Yeah. And and Light is like, look, I can't handle all this change. I'm just going to burn it to the ground. Yes. It's all going to burn. I am basically Ace before Ace burned this to the ground. <laughs> yes. But before we get to that part, let's circle back because we have we need to make some time here to talk about this Ace Gwendolyn fight. Oh yes, please. But before, because then I also I also want to make some time to talk about our our dear man from Scotland Yard. Oh yes, this poor man. <laughs> I've been asleep in a cupboard for two years. It it just that whole concept, you know, just. And that was such a thing in the Victorian era. Here's, you know, here's like all these different moths or all these different butterflies all pinned to these, you know, uh, shadow boxes and stuff. Yeah. And you're going through drawers and drawers of that. And then here's a cop. And you're like, <laughs> Wait, what a fully fuck? preserved cop just taking a Seriously. nap. And I was like, oh, man, he's dead. And then later I'm like, oh, he's not dead, but he loves toast. He does love toast. I, th- you know, and I didn't even catch that he was just munching on some toast until i think his third God. scene and i just laughed really hard because he's it's, just like well yeah i'm hungry and he's just he's he just he, it's like he rolls with everything like something comes up about a mammoth yes and he literally goes uh tricky things mammoths <laughs> yes yes uh, I'm, I'm sure sir yes yes they are <clears throat> so Gwendolyn, as we have stated, is is under mind control, uh, seemingly is getting along with Ace, but then it kind of uh, goes downhill from there. <laughs> and but before that, uh, control, we all sit down for like dinner at one point. Oh, no, that's after yes. that. That's after this, right? Yes. After the fight or after it's after the fight? Uh, yes. because there's two parts to the fight. I forgot about yes. the second. You're part. right. But I, <laughs> there's a really funny scene where Control jumps out of a window. Just is like, well, I'm out, and then jumps out of this window. We we have on. to, yeah, we have to at some point just recognize the entire Eliza Doolittle arc of Control, <laughs> where she goes like from her like bag of rags to her blanket fort to like I'm a proper lady now. Yes, yes, and then back to Gollum. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, the the fort of, like, I don't like any of this, just it covered in, like, a bunch of blankets. Yes. And then it's like, well, I'm, the, I'm not dealing fort. with my problems and jumping out of a window. <laughs> so, as I said, we need to take some time with this Ace-Gwen fight because it's yeah. absolutely insane. So they're in a room fighting each other to get out. Now, actually, is this before... This is after the scene where Ace is all panicked and she's surrounded by all the taxidermy, right? I yes, I believe so. So this she is kind of has a bit of a freak out moment. Yes, and it's so good. And I mean, I have that in my directorial notes, but they they I think they almost handy cam it 
where it's yes, a total handheld. Yeah. It's very handheld manic moving around with different sound effects in the back or uh, background. And, um, she collapses to the floor and we pan up to Gwendolyn standing over her with like the peacock feathers behind her. Yes. I have that in my directorial. It looks so cool. Yes. I love that shot. That was great. And then, and then Gwen's like, I'm going to fight you. And they start like chasing each other. They get to this room. Like I, I believe that Gwen is trying to lock Ace in there. Probably. And they're like fighting each other. They're like throwing each other on the floor and all this stuff. They, they Mm -hmm. get into like the, the fight itself is insane, but it gets even crazier when control just comes through the window. (laughs) Like she has jumped out of, I assume a second story window and then just was like, well, here's another window. I'm going to go through it. And I love that Ace goes, Control, help me. And she pushes Gwen out of the way and then also pushes Ace out of the way and runs away. And then Ace takes one of the maids, pushes them into the door and locks it with Gwen in there. And then we get like this. It's so strange because in the middle of that is the scene where the light is holding the arm. Mm-hmm. And then we were back to Ace and Control. That's when she's like, I don't like this place. And then Ace is like, I'll teach you how to be a proper person. And it's like, repeat out. It's so weird. Like, repeat it's after me. In Spain, yeah. <laughs> yes. And then Gwen shows up in the mirror behind them. And it's just, we're fighting once again. And it's very, it's very funny. Until she sees the picture. And then, then she is out of uh, hypnosis. Yeah, she kind of gets snapped out of things. Yeah, and then we do the same with her mom, and then the light's like, nope, I don't like this at all, and turns them to stone. Yeah, and you got to admit, for, for for the period in which the story was done, that whole turning to stone effect was pretty well done. I, You know what? I would say all of the effects in this were very well done. The lightning was a little cheesy. but I, I liked it. Did you? Yeah, when Josiah goes to close the lift, and it just like electrocutes him. Yeah. It almost felt like it was like a video game, like when you get electrocuted, but it's like a sl- like your whole body turns a different color. Mm, yeah, you know what? It, uh, I could see that. Totally. I liked it. I thought it was yeah. cool. It reminded me yeah. of like an arcade game effect. And then, I mean, we already talked about the light with the the glowing gold effect around him. Mm-hmm. And then um, the micro the microbes when he goes, look at these microbes. They're chain and they're oh. like boom comes mm-hmm. up. I love mm-hmm. that. I thought that was yeah. great too. Yeah, There's, there there really was some good stuff in here. There was, and yeah, but I mean the the turning to stone effect was probably tops of all of them. That was really well done. Yeah. So we fight again, and then it's like let's all let's all go to dinner. And, <laughs> don't and have I, the soup. Don't have the soup. Yeah. Um. And this is around the time we find out Ace. It was like I actually burned this house down. Mm-hmm. I love that this is all like. Just so the doctor can find out what Ace was talking about. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it really puts Ace through the ringer. It really does. Again, this is like, I feel like she's put through the ringer in in this, and then she's also put Mm -hmm. in the ringer, oh boy, what's that episode where she ends up in the, yes. Which is the very next next episode. (laughs) The very next episode. Jeez. I know. That's a lot. Yeah, well, and if you ever like read some of the new adventure novels, you know she's she's put through plenty of stuff there too. Man, what are, what are we doing, Doctor? What are we doing, uh, Doctor? Uh, what are we doing? 
<laughs> um, man, I don't even have any. How do we get rid of the light? I can, oh, we just are like everything's changing always, and he's like, no, I must catalog everything. And then when he's done, he's supposed to come back, right? No, it's not even that. He basically he can't handle like the idea that everything is evolving all the time and he literally dissipates into the house which is what ace feels oh right when she goes in there a hundred years later she feels that kind of after effect oh that's right because that's what's happening like when when everything's just steaming in that control room basically (laughs) and then they're like we gotta go you guys got it from here right yeah yeah we get we get um uh, Redvers and Control and Nimrod down in the ship, and they're like, "Hey, we got the sweet ride. We got all sorts of places we can explore. Yes, let's go have our own adventures." Which I would love to see Big Finish do. I would love just just give me one side story, yeah, of, of Redvers, Control, and Nimrod exploring someplace in the galaxy, or let's run into them next season. Oh my god. That would be possibly the deepest of deep cuts. I mean, let me t- let me tell you the light I almost feel could have been like an overarching villain for an entire yeah. like this this guy had some range. This character I mean, was psychotic and it would have been harder yeah. I feel like to get rid of them than just being like everything changes. Uh but uh, yeah. But you know what? That's 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 sometimes how you get rid of some of those obnoxious fans who don't want things to change you go well look everything changes and now we're going to change it more here's a black doctor no and And there were lots more doctors before that no it can't be it is now you have to go catalog the morbius doctors no i'm melting into the house (laughs) wow (laughs) call us big finish right wasn't that great i have a microphone i did too I can intone my voice. So we leave this place, and the last the last line is great because I believe the doctor says, is there anything you would have changed? And she goes, I wish I would have blown up the house instead. Yes. And the doctor says, wicked. wicked. <laughs> and that's our last line. I love it. Great. Love great, it great so stuff. Much. Love it, love it so much. So before <laughs> we, you know, go over our... our other stuff is there anything i would you know what for the music i was really hopeful we would get an organ throughout we didn't well, not throughout i liked some of the like more like almost exotic tones you know we, we got we got some more of the almost um a little bit of jungle music i don't know what else to call it right um, not like acid house jungle that's right different. right right <laughs> but that would be that would be extra bonkers yes um that was really the only note i had for music i mean it was it was good it was classic kind of seventh doctor era stuff just with some nice punctuations of scenery yeah yeah uh i'm trying to uh, the only other directing note i have is during episode one ace is running down the stairs and uh she runs to the right and Mm -hmm. appearing behind her is uh mrs pritchard just is there and i thought that was really cool yeah. Other than that, I already talked about the manic ace taxidermy scene, which was great. Oh, very well done. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I know I'm kind of scanning over my my notes here. Oh, uh, control, uh, control! At one point says, "I, I <laughs> control hates freedom. It bites." Which oh, I yes. thought was the like 
that that's the quote of the show. There it is. <laughs> it bites. It bites. <clears throat> loved it. I loved I loved the set design in in the sense that the house set actually feels really small. I don't know if that's intentional or if that's maybe just from the lighting of it looking so dark. Um, but the fact that, and I'm assuming that they, they built the set. I don't think this was an actual house somewhere. No, no, no. Um, there's just all these hidden doors. Like there's hidden doors freaking everywhere in this place. Yeah. And I wonder if they, they made it intentionally feel small because you're, it kind of felt like, you know, they were always trapped. They were always trying <laughs> to find their way <laughs> and they never found their way to where they actually wanted to go. So I think exactly. they did a good job with that. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah, pretty much me too. Um, actually, I, I must say I do like when Ace wakes up in bed and she's brought breakfast at like five in the evening. Yes, I, by I, Mrs. I feel, Gross. Yes, that's exactly right. I feel like this is one of the only times we actually really see Ace with her hair down. She's got that ponytail so yeah, often. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, hey, something different. I like that. Something I love. I love Miss Gross gets out alive, right? She's just like, I gotta get she out does, of here. Yeah. I, yeah, that's my favorite part. Is she's like the her her bit in this is just to tell Ace what time it is and to leave. Yeah, basically, she's like, no, it's almost dark. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I gotta go get my hair did. Goodbye. I am. I don't know gone. what I just did to her, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know either. But that's fine. All right, so um, we had briefly spoken before we started recording about maybe should I hit the Duggan scale for the fight, or have we? What do we think here? I I don't know. I mean, it's not. It's it's a great tussle. Yes, is I think it, it was more it? funny than like actual like. Okay. I I mean the them like throwing someone in the room, throwing people out of the room, locking the yeah. door. The fight continues yeah. later on. I thought it was more funny than like a Doug and Smash thing. I, I think we can admire the the physical choreography of the whole thing. Yes. All right. Uh, rather than like this is just one big one big honk and blow. Yeah. All right. I am hitting the other button then. Hit the other button. Gathering close, it's time for the behind the close scale. <laughs> All right, Taylor. I I think I mean for me. Let's hear let, you tell us what you think about if the, the the children should be watching this. <laughs> well, I I don't think it is so much scary as it is confusing. R- right. Um. Um. You know the 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 one uh what I guess the one dismemberment scene. Yes. Accepted. Even though that's not really all that terrifying. No, I think just the idea no. of it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I totally get that. Um, I, I, on the whole, probably wouldn't have a problem with them seeing it, but I would have to admit I would probably spend all of my time having to explain it to them. Yeah, that's there's a there is a lot to uh, to explain. Yeah, that is for sure. Goodness, uh, would you recommend this episode? I don't think we've done that in a little while, but I'm oh. I don't know. You know, it's funny. I always felt, you know, growing up that, you know, people would like seeing Ghost Light's praises. Like it was something amazing. And I just, I never saw it. Yeah. I was like, I just, I don't, I don't see what you're getting at. I see what it could be. 
Yes, I mean it introduced some some cool concepts and some cool uh, characters, but absolutely, and and maybe maybe some of that stuff is fleshed out in the novelization. Uh, Possibly of this story. I don't know. I don't own it. Um, probably did at one time though, but I don't own it today. Mm-hmm. Um, would I recommend it? Um, I probably wouldn't recommend it to someone who is like really new to Classic Who. Uh huh. Um, if somebody has been like, well, yeah, I've watched a bunch of this and a bunch of that. And I've watched these things, you know, if they've been watching like a bunch of classic who, you know, and they're like, you know, give me one that I haven't seen. Yeah. I'd probably be like, all right, check this one out. But then I'd put some caveats on it and I'd be like, you got to understand, you know, it's, they try to cram a lot into three episodes. Yeah. You know, that's another thing that I, I, was going to say up top is this like a rare three episode arc it's you know you don't see three parters all that often and i don't have my external drive handy to check and see because i want to say that there were actually some threes and fours throughout seven's run but now i can't remember off the top of my head yeah it, it would be hard for me to to check this oh here we go okay i can i can actually if you want to continue with your recommendation i can yeah i but that it's i think you know i would recommend this to someone who has already watched a lot of classic who with Mm -hmm. the also with the caveat of like look once you're done seeing it and you've got questions and you need to figure out what was really going on i'm here just shoot me a text we'll go over it together yes you know, yeah. I so far I've I've been scrolling. I have only seen one in the first Doctors that was a three parter. I'm still scrolling, and I'm only that is the the only one I see so far. Okay. Um. Yeah. It looks like it is a it is a rarity. At least I'm still scrolling. Still scrolling, everybody. It looks like it's pretty <laughs> rare. So I mean, I'm I'm into I'm into the third Doctor. Okay. And I'm only seeing one so far, so it looks like it. It is pretty rare. And I, you know, when we were when I was watching it, I was like, "Well, oh, our, it's going to be a four parter." And I looked at, it, I went, "Wait, what? It's only three parts? It's so weird." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When I when I when I grabbed the files to watch it, I was like, "Oh, wait, where's where's part? Where's oh, part four? I had yeah. to check. I thought I was yeah. missing it." Yeah. Nope. It is a three parter. <laughs> And it, you know what? It might be. I'm. I am in season fourteen, and okay. I've only I've only seen one. Wow, which is crazy. That's really rare. I gotta wonder if, if that will change when you get up, kind of more in like fifth, sixth, seventh Doctor eras. Yeah, I just passed. Um, I'm at the Leisure Hive right now. Okay, and that I'm still weird. going. I'm just gonna and, keep going. And your scroll wheel is like smoking now. It is basically part four. Everything's a part four. Yeah. Four parters are insanely common. Two parters, four parters. Yep. Twos and fours, twos, fours, and sixes. The two doctors was three parts. Okay. Which we have reviewed. Go, go check our archives for that. Yeah. In fact, go check our archives for, for all of the sixth doctor stories, because we figured out this evening, we actually have reviewed all of them. Ah, and we have now finished off all the seventh doctor stories. We have, and speaking of the seventh doctor, Delta and the Bannerman was or Bannermen, excuse me, there were many of them. Uh, was a three parter. Dragonfire okay. was a three parter. 
Okay. Uh, Happiness Patrol was a three-parter, and so was Silver Nemesis. So not that uncommon, and Survival was three-parter. Okay, so so more common in the Seventh Doctor era. Yes. I have, a, you know, it, it's funny now that we're talking about it. I, I feel like I have this memory from reading Andrew Cartmel's book, The Script Doctor. Yes. Uh, of having this kind of like three, four, three, four kind of break of huh. episodes in a season. I, man, I, I don't have that book in front of me, but I would, I would want to double check that. Yeah. That would be, that would be interesting to, mm-hmm. to see. Um, I, I'm not sure if I would recommend this to, to someone it, it'd be, it'd be, yeah. If to a completionist, obviously. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I feel like there was almost a reason why we avoided it for so long. <laughs> but but I will say, I mean, there were some great elements to the story, so I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to completely crap all over it. No, 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 I get it. I get it. Like I said, the back half was bonkers crazy, and it was a lot of fun. Definitely. All right. So next time we're going, we're going through a bunch of firsts apparently with this with this serial, going all the way back to uh, the eleventh season. The Time Warrior is what we're going to be watching next time. It is the introduction of Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith. Nice. It is also the debut of the Suntaran race and uh, some other, you know, firsts going on there. So we have John Pertwee as the Doctor, Elizabeth Sladen as Sarah Jane Smith, and Nicholas Courtney as the Brig. Yay. And it was directed by Alan Bromley and written by Robert Holmes. I'm excited for this. This uh, I didn't realize how many firsts there were when I looked at it, and now I'm very excited that we picked it. All right, so until next time, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ThePodcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at BlueBoxUFO. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Just search Podcastica. Look for our little animated selves coming out of the big blue box and rate and review us as well. And you can also subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the N O T L G. And in lieu, once again, friends of yours that are artists, go support them any way you can, hopefully monetarily, if you can afford it, if not just retweet their stuff, get their name out there. So other people who can support them monetarily can, and you can find all of our other information on N O T L G dot com. And that's pretty much all I will say, because we're doing okay over here. <laughs> Please continue to support us as you are, but, you know, go find, go seek out a friend who is, who is, uh, you know, hurting from this pandemic. Yeah, for sure. All right. So until next week, episode 186, we're, we're on the way on the way to 200 and we will be talking about the time warrior and we will see you guys then see ya but you know what that's 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 sometimes how you get rid of some of those obnoxious fans who don't want things to change you go well look everything changes and now we're going to change it more here's a black doctor no and and there were lots more doctors before that. No, it can't be. Uh, it is. Now you have to go catalog the Morbius doctors. No, I'm melting yes. into the house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Call us Big Finish. <laughs>